0: Just so beautiful. Back by no one's demand but our own. And from the DraftKings Sportsbook Studios here in sunny, hot as hell, Tennessee Titans training camp ready, Elizabeth Park, Nashville, Tennessee. I didn't think I was going to get all that out okay. It is the 615 Sessions Podcast, powered by Two Rivers Ford and brought to you as always by A to Z Sports and a to Z Sports, nashville.com Hello, beautiful people. I hope you are ready to stick your face into some Titans training camp content because we are going to straight-up huff it from the source throughout the course of this week's pod. Now, we have done this before Mike Vrabel's opening press conference announcements. We do not expect him to make any grandiose statements about the status of you know Caleb Farley's back or Bud Dupree's ACL, so instead we thought we'd get a jump on it with our good buddy Joe Rexrode from The Athletic. Me and Rex have a ton to get into over the course of this Tuesday's show. I had to think about it for a second. My days are already discombobulated. Football's got me all out of whack, but it feels so good to have it back and to be able to talk about NFL and soon college football, but in the meantime... Training camp content, Rex Road, up now. First, I'm going to tell you, though, about our friends at Two Rivers Fort. Now, you might ask me, what's new at Two Rivers Fort these days? And the answer is a lot. If you haven't been following Ford lately, they've introduced some amazing vehicles, the all-new 2021 F-150 with a power onboard generator, the 2022 all-electric F-150 Lightning, the Ford Maverick pickup, the all-electric Mustang Mach-E, and of course, the Bronco is back. Two Rivers Ford is the best Ford dealer around, not just because of what is new, but because of what isn't new. And that's the fact that they've been giving their customers the same honest upfront pricing and unparalleled buying experience since 1983. So if you're in the market for a vehicle, contact one of the non sales staff at Two Rivers Ford and see what Ford has to offer. Two Rivers Ford, powered by Ford, driven by people. Now, Rex. The meeting is being recorded after much technical difficulties here on the 615 Sessions podcast. But Joe Rex wrote of The Athletic and 1025 The Game has stumbled his way into the Zoom screen. Hello, buddy. Hello, Mr. Rising. How are we? I can't wait. I'm going to be seeing you so often now, and I can't tell you how giddy I am about it. I, I don't know if you're going to be seeing me so often because this radio thing that Kaharski used to have to deal with kind of directly con- uh, conflicts with my uh, Titans availability. So I'm not sure how I'm gonna navigate this quite yet. Oh uh, yeah, I guess I could have thought of that, huh? Yeah, that's uh, so, it's something that we're working through at present. <laughs> You're gonna like kind of mix it up, try to get out there here and there type thing? Well, right now it looks like uh, I'm gonna be doing my radio show from training camp basically every day that they have training camp. So I'll oh, be, I'll be there, but Um, I may have some issues getting to and fro from, you know, socially distanced in person, though, interviews. Um, And then during the season, we have strategized me being able to uh, go to locker room at least two days a week. So I may not be out there for practice anymore. But if locker room is, in fact, the thing that we get back, um, we're going to be able to make that work somehow. That'll probably be plenty of you anyway. So that'll work out. I think everybody's getting what they want out of this. I have to do less. People are seeing me less, but they're hearing me talk more, so I'm not certain if this is balancing it out. But it's going to be okay because training camp is upon us, Joseph. No more rest, no more relaxation. It is officially time to give up our lives to the God of football. Yes, yes, and that's just fine. Um, You know, I, I will
1: say that a month ago I kind of had these visions of like almost total normalcy, which, of course, have just been shattered. And uh, my naivete again on display or inability to read tea leaves. But uh, I guess it's a little bit better this year, right? We get to uh, we get some in-person pressers. We get uh, to, I guess, bark at guys from six feet away. It's not all Zoom. So I guess we have to look at this as a a step forward year and maybe 22, We'll be back to normal. Well,
0: you know, maybe maybe by then we'll be through with the Delta variant, but there will be a Zeta variant that's hovering over us all and trying to kill us. Um, I'm tired of variants. I'm tired of Zoom. I'm tired of all of it. But regardless, we soldier on. So, like, with, with this week, we're obviously doing this uh, for the people before Brabel has talked to the media vultures um, for the first time in person in the better part of a calendar year. But the, what what is the biggest storyline for you heading into this, given that you are a noted journalist uh, with a capital J?
1: Yeah, right. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I think it's the exciting part, of course, is is watching these offensive seal guys work together and Tannehill throwing to Julio and all these things. But, I mean, to me, the, the storyline is the defense. And specifically, I think it's the two guys who aren't on the field right now um, because both of them are critically important. Your first-round pick, Caleb Farley, your big free-agent signing, Bud Dupree. I mean, I think Bud Dupree is probably the the sto- individual storyline of this year for me, yeah. because you invested a lot. He's the big guy coming off an ACL, and we all know <laughs> we all know what that third-down defensive pass rush was last year. So, I but I think with him, it's a little bit. I mean, I think we can kind of not be surprised by where he is right now and expect him to probably not see a ton of action in camp. But the idea being that obviously as early as possible in the season, he plays the Farley thing is just, I mean, I have no idea what to expect there I mean, based yeah. on draft night, based on draft night, he shouldn't be on NFI right now, you know, but i mean, I'm not surprised, but it's just a totally different thing. ACL has a certain timeline to it. And Bud Dupree is a proven player. He, looks, looks to be in great shape, you know, per Insta or whatever you kids are on these days. And uh, so, I mean, I think that's, that's sort of set aside and we'll see when the season starts, but during camp, I mean, it's, I mean, how many times are we going to ask about Caleb Farley until he's out there and how close is he? And when he does get out there, how, how quickly can he get up to speed and be possible, you know, be
0: available to actually contribute to this defense. And all of those questions will yield the same answer, which is we don't talk about injuries and we don't put timelines on players. So uh, I don't know how, because it you know we have to ask the question, but it re- yields no different result, especially the way that Zoom has kind of uh, narrowed things in a way that makes follow-ups more difficult. And we'll see how that goes on Tuesday when we are finally back in person and able to pepper Rabel more, uh, more efficiently, you know, as long as Terry doesn't have to rely on any kind of internet connection, I think it's going to be a substantially improved product, but yeah, I mean, at least with Farley though, I mean, nothing gets better unless the pass rush gets fixed and a late December or an early December, rather first week of December ACL tear for Bud Dupree is not ideal, but it is something that you can feel cautiously optimistic about. Although to have optimism about this team at pass rush, I think is foolish, but without farley at least it feels like there's a little bit not much but a little bit of cushion because i'm in, i'm interested to see i know we know they're going to put jack rabbit on the outside but that's really the only thing that we know fulton started in the slot and then was playing a lot more on the outside when he came back from injury last year but i don't know if that was mac matchup dictated or that was something that they felt like he was more comfortable doing given how, how much better he was on the outside at LSU. You have uh, you have Elijah Molden, who will face the same kind of learning curve that we're talking about for Farley once he gets on the field, but even then, not really, because as weird and uh, twisted as the Pac-12 season was last year, at least Elijah Molden played football. We're talking about a dude who hasn't played football in Farley since 2019. And I, I mean... We have Coach Mack on the radio show every Friday, and we were talking about, you know, the nuances that receivers have in the league that they don't necessarily have at the college football level, and and how that's going to be probably the biggest adjustment for these guys, regardless of their situation coming in. You know, I think they get a baptism by fire, just given who they're gonna go up against and how much Julio actually practices remains to be seen given that he famously doesn't practice last two years. But at least with AJ, they'll have somebody to kind of put them on it a little bit. And then when they go to Tampa Bay for joint training camp practices, we're talking about arguably the best trio of wide receivers in the league. Uh with even though Antonio Brown is probably a little bit diminished at this point. Like they have the opportunity to get these guys better ahead of DeAndre Hopkins trying to, you know, cough on them and give them some kind of variant, but also beat them in the end zone. Um, I, I, uh, I, I just I, I don't know if it's if it's too early to get Ben out of shape about the Farley situation. Like nothing I've ever seen with, with a Dory Jackson last year where everybody is being told basically on or off the record that he's going to be ready in week 7 against the Steelers and then it goes on for several more weeks and then they activate him and they still don't put him out there for several more weeks after that because again no timelines no injuries so I don't know what the hell to make of this situation.
1: Well, it's a good point, you know, Farley, look, I mean if it, we know Jenkins I think you lock him in on one side, he'll be fine. I mean, I think Molden uh, has has promise as someone who could help you in the slot quickly. I mean, everything about him says he's going to be as prepared as you can be. And like I said, he played football last year. And then uh, to me, I mean, I think you want Fulton to, to establish himself and be uh, the guy on, on the other side of Jenkins. So there is, there is some growth. I mean, the Farley thing is an investment in what you hope is a great player over a period of time, but I don't love their depth after those three guys too, you know, and, and re- the bottom line is it's a first round pick Um, I think he can help this team if if he can you know be healthy enough to help this team and after the last first round pick that's also part of the questioning and just the you know the wondering about what's going on with him which is no fault of his obviously but I think that probably ratchets things up a little bit wait till these guys speaking of Hopkins wait till these guys have to face off
0: with Cole Beasley I mean that I guess Hopkins maybe gets them ready for Beasley right Well, you know, by then he's uh, he's I'm certain has taken his uh, his life into his own hands with the questionable decision making that he is uh, so comfortable expressing on social media with no legitimate uh, train of thought at all just kind of spouting nonsense into the ether. About that, but yeah, I mean, listen, yeah, I think that the, the best thing that the Titans have going for them is if any NFL team probably has herd immunity, it's these idiots because they were all sick last year and not not idiots by their own fault. It was an unfortunate situation. I shouldn't say that, but yeah, <laughs> I mean, I I just the, the whole the whole thing, Rex. I mean, we're gonna have 100 percent capacity. I guess it's gonna be somewhat normal, but like, I again have this just it, it's. I'm reminded by hosting the Olympics in the middle of a basically a state of emergency in the country of Japan where there's no vans and uh, where there's no fans and there's Delta variant all over the place. And now we're talking about, I mean, hell, if we we got COVID tested today, you have Frank Reich uh, as we tape this on a Monday, Frank Reich who's fully vaccinated testing positive for the Colts. We got vaccinated or uh, we got tested for the first time today. Those of us who are vaccinated and going to be, in the press box and resuming semi-normal activities. Hell, we could have it, and we don't know based on how this thing seems to go. So I just I, the the all of the all of the COVID reserve list announcements already being put out. I I just have this looming sense of dread about a football season that I want to be normal, but I just have a gut feeling is not going to be. Yeah, well, I mean, that, again, like it's like a month ago. You know, I I, I
1: was allowing myself to, you know, to think about like real normalcy. But you know, the thing is, yeah, Frank Reich tested positive And I, I wouldn't be surprised if one of us, I mean, I believe we've all been vaccinated I, mean, I know I have, I'm so old. It's been a long time for me, Buck. Hmm. Um, you know, we'll, we'll test positive. But again, I'm glad I got vaccinated because it means it's protecting me whether I test positive or not. And, yeah. you know, it's just, I mean, look, there's a lot of legitimate conversation around this thing. And I, frankly, I think the NFL has done a good job of bringing the hammer down on this and it's working, you know, but the problem is you have, even beyond Beasley, you have his teammate Feliciano there just throwing out the absolute, let's get on some deranged website and listen to some deranged podcast and throw out just complete ass conspiracy theories. And I mean, it's, I had this argument all the time with people about how big the lunatic fringe is okay i know some people are like you just you're overreacting to a tiny tiny amount of people and i i'm like i always say i pray you're right yeah but when things like this happen it makes me think that they're not right and it really makes me concerned but that's the type of shit that needs to be wiped from the, the conversation there is legit you know conversation we had around the virus and, or the vaccine and, and and the swiftness with which it was uh you know brought to to the public and all that stuff but i think at this point i mean it's funny too buck like how many guys the nfl or or even just in like highest level of sport in general have like ingested something for whatever reason that has way bigger questions about it uh to get some kind of an advantage and now we're talking about trying to be healthy
0: I, I believe when I did the reporting on Taylor Lewand's, uh non, non-cleared non supplements that he was taking, there was a total of 27, if I remember correctly, from a couple of years ago when he got popped for what was considered a performance-enhancing substance. So God knows. And, and I, I don't use Lawan as an example of a vax or not vax. I'm just saying, like... You know, these dudes are putting God knows what in them, and they're doing probably just as much research on that as they are the vaccine. And then it's easier. And I've expressed this opinion uh, plenty of times. I'm sure people are are tired of hearing it, but they have all of the resources at their disposal. of the resources at their disposal to to get on a zoom with an internal medicine doctor that works for the team or somebody who the team doctor is connected with that can properly educate them on it but it's easier to bitch about you know freedom on twitter and things like that rather than actually inform yourself on what you you claim to have so many questions about but aren't actually asking the questions you're just bitching um so this and by the way go ahead uh, real quick, l- let's give credit to a lot of guys who I think
1: have gone about this the exact right way. In fact, there's some guys on this team, on, on this Titans team, who have had reservations and concerns and questions and appear to have done exactly that. And yeah. there's still, I, I hear a lot, I've heard a lot, because I think, what are we, More what, 10 teams now, at 90% plus?
0: Uh, I, Pelicero, I've seen a lot of, Pelicero reported today that 10 teams were at least at 90% or more.
1: And I've seen a fair amount of, I still don't feel great about it, but I'm doing it for the team. Seems like a lot of, of guys have sought that out because if you really do seek it out other than like fake ass internet, Dr. Nick Riviera, you know, you're going to have some pretty consistent information coming.
0: I don't know if you can hear me, Rex Crow, but as soon as you started talking shit about the internet, your internet slowed down. So I think they're after you. Uh, on did, you the, uh, did
1: you laugh at my Nick Riviera joke? Because you totally I did laugh froze at your, as soon as
0: I said that. I, I did laugh <laughs> at your Nick Riviera joke, but then you started to Thank devolve you. into robot Jim Wyatt uh, kind of tones. And so I just figured I'd let you make the point and pray to God we can keep this thing on track for the next 10 minutes. Um, so this training camp preview quickly devolved into vaccination talk, but it is important, of course, because this is going to be a comp- a legitimate competitive advantage for teams who choose not to choose to or choose not to uh, meet the threshold that the NFL has kind of set about trying to direct them in that way with very, very harsh punishments if they do not, in fact, follow these guidelines. But I guess I guess Rex, I'm um, um curious because and it's not just because I want to make fun of you of your uh, for your Nick Westbrook Akina article earlier in the offseason where the uh, the there where there was musings of how he could potentially contribute to the team and now I I don't even think that he's the sixth guy in front of Racy McMath to make the roster given how much the dynamic of the wide receiver room has changed but what 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 are your concerns outside of the two obvious that we talked about earlier cuz I I really I, I had a lot of hesitancy about them trying to get back to the same kind of offense, if not the same schematics, but the same kind of dominance on offense once we hit the offseason. And it's not all alleviated by Julio Jones, but there's just too many reasons to think that they're going to be too – be, too, too many reasons to think that they're going to be some kind of fearsome rather than to doubt whether they have a, a, a full fully formed tight end – and instead have two number-wide receivers and Anthony Ferkser, who's going to be fine, I think, in this position. I'm, I'm really not sweating anything about the offense the way that I thought I would outside of, you know, Art not being here.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think my number-one thing would be who's kicking. I mean, that, that, that could be four or five games that yeah. come down to that. I mean, it really could. So that's hugely important, and I really don't know what to think on that, and it's going to be interesting right from the start with McCann and Hobble when they're little, little competitions in front of everyone and, and all the other work they're doing to try to find for the Titans as they try to find someone long term. But I mean, I still put tight end in that category. The obvious concern is just everything on the other side of the ball. But um, I mean, I still wonder about when you want to go big, when you, you know, when you, being able to have that, that versatility and have enough guys that you feel good about. I mean, they're so young. At tight end, after Ferker and Swain, um, I also still don't. I just believe that we're going to have another name at some point at that spot. Maybe not, but that that would be my prediction right now. But I agree. I mean, the offense overall. I mean, I think there, there may not be more pressure on anyone than Todd Downing because of what he has and what what has been happening on offense, the performance that he's trying to to keep going. But man, he's got. I, Cause I like, you know, the fact that you bring in Ray Duns. I mean, I think the depth on the offensive line looks good. I mean, Lawan back healthy. People probably aren't talking about that enough, but it was a big, big loss last year. And they still figured a way to keep producing, but they were very different without him. And I just think Evans, I think Darrington Evans is definitely a guy to watch in camp. I'm really interested to see how they utilize him, whether he can really step forward and become a weapon and I think with, with him, with Julio Jones in, I like Reynolds too. You know, I mean, I think that more than makes up for what they lost offensively. But I still feel like tight end needs to be addressed in some way or someone needs to step forward. And then, again, I'll go back to place kicking. I mean, is Steven Goskowski He gonna-
0: lives in Franklin. He's And he's not retired. So, like, this is and, – and I've had conversations with people in the facility about this. They just – Rabel doesn't seem to take kicking seriously. Like, and maybe that (laughs) sounds like base analysis, but that's what I get told freak. I get told about it frequently enough that I'm starting to think it, uh, given the way that they've just kind of handled the kicking situation. And Goskowski honestly bailed them out in a big way. They didn't have to worry about him and they got other things that they have to worry about. But I mean, you, you're talking about, how, whether it's luck or whether it's skill or anything in between, they were successful in one score games last year. They let a lot of games go to overtime, not a lot of games, but enough games, divisional games go to overtime in a way that they needed three points to bail their asses out. In fact, they don't get anywhere. They don't sniff the Minnesota game, if not for Goskowski. And that was right. one of the best performances by a special teams player we'd seen all year. So, I mean, I don't know what Tucker McCann is. I don't know what Blake Hallbeal is. I I don't. All I know is what we watch at practice, and and I mean, maybe they see a little more during the practice, the rest of the practice that they shut down to us, but I can't imagine it's much different. So at a certain point, you now I get you're up against the cap this year, and the Julio thing complicates a lot of your salary cap problems. And, and I think Oskowski was just a little under 3 million last year, whereas Tucker McCann and Blake Hallbeal are going to be markedly less expensive but of all the places that you're going to look to save or look to skimp I just don't think it can be kicker with how poorly they've been at field goals the last couple of years
1: well I agree I mean you know I I think I mean I guess look if Gostkowski's down to return and that's where they maybe it's just sort of like a, a little bit of a sense of security that you know you can have him and that he did have a better second half after a real shaky first half other than the Minnesota game you mentioned and a few other huge kicks yeah. by the way yeah I mean, you still feel okay with him you'd rather you want to find your long term uh solution but that's easier said than done i mean the long term solution is in tampa bay he still has good years left as one of the top kickers in the league and uh that's just how it is right now. So, but I agree with you. I mean, there's probably a lot, there's, there's of course a lot more than what we see, but what's more important than when they know everybody is watching them. That's what you're trying to replicate for guys like that. Right. And I just, for, on the, in terms of McCann, I just haven't seen enough to, to make me confident in him at this point.
0: Well, we haven't seen anything. He was on, he's been on the, the, the practice squad IR um for for his duration with the team basically at this point and we you know we get a little bit of a glimpse at mandatory minicamp or or these otas that we've been able to attend and it's not like training camp maybe training camp is a market improvement it's not like he was bad it's not like he was good you know we're just we're we're all watching the same thing and wondering whether he's going to be able to do it in an nfl game now i know he played in the sec but he played in the sec in a year, and and not it wasn't his only year in the SEC, but at Missouri, like there there it's it's just a different environment. There's a lot of different elements that go into place kicking, at the NFL level, and I I can't I, I it seems like such a waste of breath to spend training camp analysis talking about the kicker, but I I don't know that there's a more there's a less decided position right now on the roster because i mean what else are we talking about everybody else is basically in their places we'll see if Raiden's ends up starting week one at right tackle and uh and if and if dupree can't go then right. uh, they better pray that rashad weaver is is innocent of all of the uh things that the, he is alleged to have done and they probably won't know about that until october right. so you know outside of that like it's kicker 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 and everything else is Okay, well, we'll see what the defense is because we don't know what these players look like together. This is the first time that we've seen a largely rebuilt defense, and and they had to do what they. It can't be. I mean, it can't be worse. The only place that it can get worse is turnover differential. Where they can get worse is kicking because we've seen them kick forty four percent, make forty four percent of their field goals in a year where they went to the AFC Championship game. So you know, maybe we're overblowing a little bit, but I don't, I don't damn think so.
1: Well, now that you mentioned it, hey, it makes camp a little more interesting because it would have been kind of a, an uneventful camp, at least in terms of battles, right? I mean, there's at least something to look forward to at the end of every sweat-drenched session as we go out there and John Glennon's in his, you know, all wrapped up in his various hats and whatever, and we can so all, all gather together. Yeah, so many hats. And, and we need to station – we need to, like, have a plan because we have – we have actually disagreed on whether some kicks went through or not, you know, like we've got to actually have a better plan of attack uh,
0: this year. So that's okay, so what we're so talking who this we, through. Who do we nominate as back judge for practice? Like, cause now we're going to have to set up somebody behind the, the field goal uprights. We're going to have to, I'm sure there will be a herd of us on the sidelines. Somebody's going to have to watch from behind the defense, like coach Mack does. Like we're going to have to have all set up to make sure these fucking kicks go in
1: we need the young eyes, you know, to be really utilized here. So you've got to get in there as much as as possible. I mean, I do trust Jimmy, Jimmy Wyatt more than, than me, but I mean, we've got, you know, we've got some people who've been with this team the whole way. We got, you know, Kaharski and Beauclair and Glennon and Teresa. I mean, like, you know, we need, I think we need to get like your guy, Luke out
0: there. I mean, he's, he's a, young, you know. Well, Luke uh, had to have eye surgery last kid. year. Luke is the oldest young person you'll ever meet in, in your entire life. Luke, <laughs> Luke Worsham is – I mean, I'm an old young person, but Luke is like 110 at, at age uh, 17 or however the hell old he is. I can't wait till like, I can't wait
1: till we get back to, like, Luke asking variable questions at the pressers. You know? <laughs>
0: it's, it's great on Zoom, but it's even better in person. I love it. I love it. Yeah, Luke. because <laughs> – Because you can because at least in in Zoom, Mike has the ability to kind of decompress a little bit rather than make a look at Luke like he's going to swat him away like a fly (laughs) around an elephant. It is one of my it is a tradition unlike any other Luke Worsham asking Vrabel a question that is way too long and way too detailed and inevitably pisses Mike off. It is among my favorite things. If we can't have Terry's uh, just discombobulation over the internet anymore, at least we get Luke Luke in person with Vrabel back.
1: I don't want to hear Ter- – I don't trust any of Terry's views on the field goals either. I mean, we got some issues. We got some shortcomings. Here. Why are we so old as a media corps? What the hell? Ben, Ar- ben Arthur. We need Ben Arthur, Luke, you. I mean, I trust TD. I trust TD. TD's <laughs> – you know, closer in my range, but but he he's got he, he's got a good feel for this. Um, but you know, Jimmy can probably get to places no one else can,
0: right? Is that right? Well, Wyatt Wyatt has when like they're a, out there. Wyatt, I he he denies it, but he has like a drone that he that he has somebody organizing or, or directing during practice that he gets all of these crazy angles of all of the video that we can't get. Um, by ourselves, Wyatt is <laughs> Wyatt's hiding in trees. He's ducking behind tackling dummies. Um, <laughs> Jimmy is uh. Jimmy, Jimmy is a team employee and does the job better than all of us combined. It feels like it's even still. Uh, but yeah, I mean, True. there are outside of that, like, and I was thinking about this because obviously I just, I've already ta- you've already talked about it for four hours today. I've talked about it for three hours today. There is so little that we don't know outside of the kicker and maybe right tackle, but for as much as they, as for as much as they have him, you know, working with the first team in Raidens and at multiple positions, like I just don't see a way where he doesn't find a way into the starting lineup, in some form or fashion. Uh, and and maybe maybe it's not week one. Maybe maybe Kendall Lamb is is uh, they trust him more in a uh, in a uh, in a starting situation. But I just it's like Jameel Douglas with Nate Davis. Like we all, and we, I don't know if Kendall lamb is as bad at professional football as Jameel Douglas was. I re- I remember very clearly the moment in Atlanta where they yanked Jameel Douglas out of their mid game and said, all right, Nate, go get him." And now Nate's one of the best uh, offensive linemen in the uh, interior offensive lineman in the sport right now. He's a certified shit kicker. I don't know if Raiden's is that, but I just don't think they're going to, I don't think they're going to, they're going to coddle him. I think they'd rather see him out there sooner rather than later. Yeah, and I think
1: you know, I think Lamb's a good veteran who's been okay for a few, for a few years in this league. Who's got some? Yeah, he's been. I mean, like that's not a bad guy to compete with. And you do hope if you're the Titans, you spend a second round pick on a guy. You hope that at the end of camp or not too long after that, he wins that battle. But um, yeah, I agree. I mean, it's it's really to me, it's like I'm I'm actually glad one that we have preseason games. Yeah. I mean, I, I never have said that before, but. It does give you a chance to see these kickers in an actual game situation. It does give you a chance to see whoever's out there in the secondary for however long Gray comfortable, you know, playing his first team, actually trying to communicate with each other and, you know, cover NFL receivers. So, I mean, that's to me it's just the entirety of the defense, and whatever glimpses we get, ones versus ones against the Bucks in that practice, I probably very limited. Opportunities in preseason games based on what we've seen of Raywell, but still some. I mean, that's to me oh, the just, story. just you know, woodside they, and, and are Kaiser. they different? Are they better?
0: Something, something, some evidence that they have any kind of competency behind Tannehill. Like they're I think that's probably if if we're talking just wholesale, thousand-foot view, like I think the Titans are a hugely talented team, but I think that I believe them to be incredibly top-heavy, mostly because we haven't seen what else the hell is behind these guys. Uh, and that's, you know, we, we, Lawan goes down and, and Clowney goes down. And, and there are some starters that we have seen not finish and what was behind them, which was, of course, incredibly lackluster in the case of the pass rush. But like we did not have the opportunity to learn anything about the depth behind these behind these starters and I I don't have any evidence to the contrary until we get out there and we see more of them but like I think that's probably if we're talking about the biggest difference between the Titans and the Colts I think the Colts have more depth with what they want to do than the Titans do now I just I, this is the team that I cover and I have no idea whether that's accurate or not because we've seen so little from the depth because of what covid has done to the opportunities to see a lot of these guys in action but outside of that I mean it's it, this feels pretty for all the hype around them, this feels like a pretty relaxed camp that we're getting ready to go into. Yeah,
1: I do agree that, you know, depth is unknown and interesting to me at some spots. D line depth to me is very interesting. I mean, you've got to be able to rotate guys in there. And I know we're going to see a lot in a lot of cases two got you know, two defensive linemen on the field at once, but um, I'm still interested there. And, you know, still, you know, still with the secondary you know, a lot, again, a lot of it's defense, but yeah, I agree. I mean, <laughs> you know, the backup QB thing will be interesting. It should be a good competition. You hope you're the Titans that, cause I think it's close. I know some people um, are, you know, higher on, De- on, on Deshaun Kaiser. I think it's pretty darn close, uh, but, but I know it's not close between Tannehill and either one of those guys. Yeah. So, I mean, I, you know, you, you have to, spend too much time with either of them on the field and that just doesn't bode well for you, but still at least something to watch. And I I think it's going to be, you think,
0: who's your pick there right now? Quarterback backup. I mean, I Kaiser is responsible for some of the worst football that I've ever seen at the professional level. Um, because he was one of the worst teams, which is fair, right? He was the second round, uh, pick at a Notre Dame for the winless Cleveland Browns that year that we watched the Titans and the Browns go overtime without a touchdown scored. It was a field goal game. The Bayard hat trick interception game. I, I, it's as angry as I've ever, the Denver Broncos, uh, 16, nothing Marcus Mariota game remains the worst football that I've ever seen in my life. But (laughs) the overtime 12-9 to winless Cleveland Browns uh, triumph for Mike Malarkey that for some reason entrenched him in his position of whatever the hell he was doing on offense that year um, was as bad as anything that I've seen. Now they have obviously much better talent in Tennessee and one would think a defense that is going to at least put up a fight on third down in a way that last year's unit was completely incapable of doing. But like the Woodside – the only the only thing I think that bodes in Woodside's favor is that I don't feel like and and this this is just kind of this this is scenes general, but based on their feeling of him, it feels like they don't think Logan Woodside will lose them a game not necessarily i mean he may not necessarily yeah. win them the game but logan woodside will not put them in detrimental positions like he is he is not overwhelmingly talented kaiser and and him are are built they're they're a completely different species between what they are capable of doing but it's what it's how much risk i think kaiser how much more risk kaiser is as opposed to woodside that is the is is the reason why I think you're probably thinking it's closer than than like say I know Tehran is full 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 team Kaiser at this point and looking at them I completely understand why he would be but there's just there is such a such an element of risk in Deshaun Kaiser's game that I I feel like they they would fear if it came to that
1: yeah I have to plug in real quick or I'm going to disappear um Well, I, I agree. Like, if, if you went over, a, a, like, a month, I might prefer Kaiser because he might be able to win you a game or two with playmaking, you know, that, that Woodside can't do. But in terms of just, like, manage a game, you know, i probably feel more comfortable with Woodside right now. I just – but also just based on their reps in the spring, I just – I didn't see it. I didn't see a huge difference. No. Um, yeah, so – It's gonna. That's gonna be very interesting. I mean, look, when Simeon came in last year, a lot of people, and I was probably close to being in this camp, just kind of assumed, okay, good job, Logan, thanks a lot. And I think a lot of that was Simeon looked terrible immediately and never changed. But Woodside, he's
0: he's done a good job of entrenching himself, and they like him in the building. Yeah, survival, if nothing else, is a is an attribute that Logan Woodside has. Uh, We survived this podcast with minimal difficulty um, half hour later than it should have been, though it may be we uh, we are going to be out there on Tuesday. We are going to be out there on Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and basically it's all Titans all the time now until uh, until Tennessee finds a way to foul up the college football season for all of us to chatter about. So. Rex Road of course 1025 the game 6 to 10am is where you can find him you can read him at the Athletic well worth your subscription even if it gives you information like Nick Westbrook Akina is wide receiver 2 we will see if he's even on the roster I very, very much. (laughs) Come on. No, no, no. It's it's, I never said he was
1: wide receiver too. you guys are all. It's such a huge uh, misinformation campaign by you and Kaharski, man.
0: Well, listen, it's uh, it's one that I completely support. Stop the count. These are the things. If there is going to be misinformation (laughs) spread, then this is the kind of misinformation that I will take to Facebook with and proliferate Facebook groups and try and uh, uneducate the masses. Against uh, against you because this was this was fraudulent. This was uh, this was stolen. Um, a stolen election from Nick Westbrook-Akina. Racing McMath has no position. Then um, we will need recounts in Arizona immediately to make sure that this thing can go off without a hitch.
1: Hey, I got them both making the team, by the way. But as much as it pains me, and Cam bats and not making the team, am I crazy?
0: No. But I think I think, they, I think this is probably the year that they opt for more wide receivers, um, given what we... And, and again, the, the tight end thing, I think, has another evolution to it that we have yet to see. Um, but as, as we look at it today with the, with the, you know, however many, I don't think they're quite at 90, man roster that they have right now, it seems like it would be an extra wide receiver and, and Cam Batson would probably be... On the, uh, on the outside looking in, given that he no longer is needed for return abilities with Dez Patrick and Darrington Evans, who we think is going to probably be the guy. Yeah, but
1: also Cam Batson's like as professional and, inspirational a dude as they have too so lovely human
0: lovely human every time he gets hit he looks like he's going to spontaneously combust and he's not that (laughs) you know there's that you don't have to be you have to be a good uh a good person to be a good football player not that any of them are bad people but um at this point cam Batson, uh the the moral is he's not he's not going to be able to survive on morals alone fair all right get off with you buck it's So, well, that's, it, it does feel it it will feel better when we can do. I I don't know if I should I, I we'll we'll we'll, we'll produce the show on air. Should I should I bring back the in person pods? I feel like this is just so much easier for people. Like I hate doing these on oh. Zoom, but and because my my new my new and improved studio looks very nice now that they've built me at home.
1: I I still think that there's something to back and forth and that's right next to each other. You yeah. know, um, but. But yeah, this is effective. I suppose Zoom is here to stay in some form. I, the, the the less amount of Zoom I can do moving forward, the, gr- the more grateful I will be. But it does have it does have its uses. Okay. I would
0: say whenever you can do the in person, do the in person. All right. Well, we'll we'll see when my schedule allows for that, Rex. It's not like I got a bunch of free time anymore. All right. Get the hell off my Zoom. Six to ten a.m. <laughs> Robbie and Rex Road. Read me in the Athletic. Well worth your subscription. Thanks, buddy. Thanks, buddy. See ya. So we're pretty light on the Music City Mailbag this week, but that's just fine because there's plenty of places that we are answering your questions and producing content, of course. But we will do the mailbag questions nonetheless. First, though, a word from our friends at DraftKings Sportsbook, which is America's top-rated sportsbook. You know this. Speaking of America, our top athletes are over in Tokyo competing for the gold And DraftKings has a medal-worthy offer just for my listeners. Place any pre-event wager of $1 to be eligible to cash $100 in free credits if America wins any medal this year. Gold, silver, bronze, you name it, you cash it, DraftKings Sportsbook will hook you up. So download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use the promo code A2Z SPORTS when you sign up to turn $1 into $100 in free credits if America medals. That's code A2Z SPORTS to turn $1 into $100 in free credits for a limited time only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older, Tennessee only. Restrictions apply. See draftkings.com/sportsbook for details if you or someone you know has a gambling problem, and you would like help. Call or text the Tennessee Red Line 1-800-889-9789. So, Jordan Matthew 21, Jordan Estrada on Instagram. Howdy, Buck. How do you or who do you see as the biggest breakout star on defense? I think it's going to be Big Jeff. So this is an interesting question. Because breakout candidates, I think, are determined by opportunity. Now, the thing with Jeffrey Simmons is that he has ample opportunity to be able to perform. It is going to be a substantial difference for him, assuming that he stays healthy, and assuming that Danico Autry stays healthy. And Bud Dupree comes back from his ACL in good time, and Harold Landry is able to work off of the increased talent that they have up front now Rashad Weaver factoring into this we'll see if uh, Ola Adenye can make a difference given that Dupree will take some time in, in working his way back from the rehab process but you know as an interior defensive lineman man I really he's special he has the ability to be great now what kind of great he ends up being whether it's Aaron Donald is off the charts, so I won't even go there with that kind of a comparison. But whether he's a Fletcher Cox type of player, not to get into uh, too many Mississippi State comparisons, but whether he is somebody like Fletcher Cox, who you know, who is a dominant interior defensive lineman, but who doesn't necessarily dominate in the way that would make you box score scout him and say, oh my God, look at what this man is able to do. From the inside, Simmons is different. He's physically built the same way that Fletcher Cox is with this superhuman strength, but he is so much more svelte as a player and has the burst and explosiveness coming off that torn ACL a little while ago, two years ago at this point, that I I wasn't sure we would quite see the extent of. He's the most double teamed interior defensive lineman in football. So, Assuming that Simmons is going to attract the attention up front, you know, the, the benefit of having all these new pieces on the Titans defensive front is that you can attract some of, of the attention, one would hope, away from Jeff Simmons. This is something, really, the only thing that Clowney did that was hugely beneficial is that he made it easier for Jeff Simmons to work. So, this is a long way of saying I don't know whose opportunity best lends itself to a breakout year. I think we're all kind of waiting for for Jeffrey Simmons to hit this superstar platform, to find this superstar space among his NFL colleagues. And this may in fact be the year, Jordan, so I think it's a it's a great nomination by you. I would say, though, that if I had to pick any of them, I would go with Harold Landry, in a contract here. I think Harold is going to be able to find the statistical production that's kind of eluded him. He's got great work ethic. He's physically transformed himself over the course of his career. But now is the time for production. It's not just, you know, work ethic and uh, and good leadership and good teammate things of these nature. No, now we have to see the numbers that you are capable of with all of the different things that they now have up front, and I think much better depth, assuming that Rashad Weaver is able to stay on the field uh, through whatever legal circumstances may present themselves in the coming months, whether you are able to see more substantive snaps from somebody like Derek Roberson, who to this point has been a situational pass rusher. Harold Landry in a contract year fascinates me. And if I'm going to go with somebody who has opportunity, who plays a ton of snaps, and I mean a shit ton of snaps, Harold Landry, if Mike Vrabel is only going to continue to leave three outside linebackers active on game day, I would have a hard time picking against somebody like Harold just because of how much easier it is to clean up sacks on the outside than it is from the interior. But Simmons is going to play a big part in, dis- in that disruption and helping to create for Harold, one would think. We will see who is the biggest beneficiary of the increased talent up front. Only one Music City mailbag question this week. That's okay. Training camp, it's exciting. Maybe you're, maybe you're not necessarily into it yet because you know, fans don't get to go out there this year, and we hate that. I hope I'll get to see some of you guys in Tampa Bay to make it feel a little more normal. But the fact remains that training camp is upon us, and that we are going to be providing you exceptional content. Here's what I'm going to say to you, because i got a bunch of different things to plug, so bear with me before we get you out of here on this Tuesday. What I would say to you is your full Titans training camp storyline preview is available right now at a nashville.com You can get in-depth film analysis and hardcore breakdowns of your favorite players with my new podcast, The Install with Greg Cosell. That will be in your podcast feeds on Friday. Subscribe, rate, and review. Leave us a rating. On the radio show, for the remainder of the week, Wednesday through Friday, I will be broadcasting my radio show live from 10 to 1 on 104.5 The Zone. We are scheduled to begin the training camp interviews with Titans General Manager John Robinson. You're not going to want to miss it But if you miss it live, that's okay. There's a podcast for that too. It's the Buck Rising Show in your favorite podcast app. I forget to reset these things sometimes. I am sorry for the excessive plugging, but the content, she is overflowing. And that must mean that it's football season. Enjoy the rest of your week. Enjoy the great content that A to Z Sports is going to be producing and we are going to be providing to you. Make sure you stay safe. Make sure you stay clean, and sure as hell, we're all going to be staying hot because I'm going to melt my face off at training camp. But it's okay because I love it. Thanks to the fine folks at Two Rivers Ford, Drafting Sportsbook, and of course, A to Z Sports for making this all possible. We will catch you guys again next week right here on the award-winning 615 Sessions podcast.